Let's do it. Where's he at? Is he coming in? He's coming in. Where's he at? Look at that. There he is. And then, you know what? He what kills me when he comes on. He always comes in stone face, like he's mad at the world. He like he glares at you like, what's up? I'm like, dude, this is think, a Disney show. I think show. he's mad at just technology right now in general. <laughs> Never. <laughs> you. Never. Yeah. Dude, uh, It's I've figured out, though, since you're doing this through your phone this time, yeah. it's a different... It's two different links. Like you can do the copy invitation link if you're doing it through a browser, but you need the other one. So that's why you couldn't get you in there. I tried that and it wouldn't do it. And then I hit the or copy uh, web browser and I did both. Neither one was working. This might not be a good uh, starting point for virtual learning tomorrow. (laughs) Thank God Sarah's (laughs) going back in person. Well. How how you know how many of these parents are are just because I know we have some around here where. (laughs) <laughs> they just didn't care. <laughs> I mean, how many of them are just going to be like, whatever? <laughs> My kid well, gets on the computer. He gets on the computer. Here, they're at least it's very structured. Like it starts at eight forty. It's like she goes and does math from like nine to ten fifteen. Then she has like special area like Spanish or whatever from ten fifteen to another time. You know, it goes all the way throughout the day, and she only goes till one thirty. Right. So, and they said they're like, look, the parents aren't going to have to do anything. And also, here's where I love her school. They said flat out, there's no homework. None. So, like, when they're done at 1.30, they're done for the day. But she's supposed to go back to school in nine days. Like, they're st- she's starting a remote, and then they're letting all the kids come back in nine days. So, okay. at least it's legit temporary remote learning. And sure. she'll be uh, she'll be back in, in the class. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's good. Um, other than that, I mean, it's here, it's, you know, we've just been trying to <laughs> – trying to get through the weekend i feel like it's been uh it's been busy 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 i know you guys have had a lot going on we had our draft last night uh and i gotta thank you guys for stopping in um that was uh that was a lot of fun man i like spending time with all those people they were they were a what blast a, what a good group of guys huh what a what a fun yeah. group yeah it was yeah. super i mean it looked like you had a great time i'm glad in fact uh you know you even acknowledged afterwards that it was really fun hanging out with those guys so very well, cool, man. I hope you. And I had too. another guest picker come on for me. Oh yeah, who's that? Uh, Morty Monster. Oh. And Kevin came on. Mr. Morty and Kevin. All right. They weren't. Morty wasn't the best guest picker that I've had since he didn't know what football was. Okay. All right. <laughs> but he's still. Hey, you know what though? I did. I came out the number one. Uh, draft uh i mean that means nothing now but somehow they let me slip i got uh christian mccaffrey first round and they slipped up and i got uh of course i had the last pick in the second round and i got um uh uh lamar jackson okay so yeah not too shabby so you know he's going out in the second game right (laughs) well you You heard it here first it'll be good you heard it here first hey listen uh talk about kevin real quick um the uh, house of morty monster going for them Seems been, like it's going good, man. Been yeah, pushing the yeah. YouTube and and getting it out uh, there and yeah. Emilio had his uh, his kid on, and so oh, he cool. really loved like having Morty. You know, he's like, oh, whoa, <laughs> you know, there's a monster yeah. on the screen. Yeah, that's cool, man. So that was uh, that was really cool to have him. Mike, how's good, things good, there, good. bud? Good. Uh, back to work tomorrow. Enjoyed a little beach this weekend, and uh, I guess it's the official, unofficial end of summer. You know, so uh, Sarah's excited. She's yeah. back to school tomorrow, and Sammy starts on Wednesday. So uh, kind of a little bit of normalcy in the uh, Stolfi household. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way cool. it, way it is here too, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remind me, I'm not going to talk about it now because we're going to jump right into the show, but in Patreon, remind me 
to tell you guys why I have a massive bruise and cut on my arm um, where Katie inflicted damage to me. So we'll talk about that a little bit in the oh, Patreon. Oh, Katie or, or Rye? Because <laughs> Katie, I've, Katie, I've seen you fight four-year-old girls before, dude, and you have not come out on top <laughs> Katie, every time. Katie, I've been throwing Rye, teaching Rye to throw a nice right hook, so it'll, it'll be good. Uh, but yeah, fellas, let's, uh, we got an awesome topic tonight, man. We got something that we all enjoy doing. Um, and we're going to dive into that. So if you don't care, fellas, I'm going to take us into the show and let's get it going right about now. Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That we all started by a month. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello and welcome to the Disney Dads Podcast. My name is Jason. Those two incredible guys right there are Mike and Justin, both with, uh, you know what, Mike? Mike threw me for a loop. I don't got a backdrop today. So that being said, um, listen, guys, we got a great show tonight, something that is near and dear to a lot of people, newer to the Magic Kingdom, if you are a, uh, a Disney elitist, and something that really warrants conversation after conversation over and over again, because people really just can't get enough of it tonight. But before we get into today's topic, guys, I really want to know, I know we kind of touched about a little bit how we were doing right before the show, but as far as Disney-related, guys, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. I uh, I've been watching everybody uh, slowly, steadily make it back to the parks, and you know we've talked about it the last couple of shows that people are starting to get down there, and uh, you know embracing the social distance part of it and taking it for what it's worth. Uh, we got to see some anniversaries. We got to see some people with some big celebrations down there. Uh, we got I got a couple of emails and some text messages from people that have been just kind of enjoying the parks for what they have to offer now. You know, we obviously know it's not the usual they have to offer, but it's good to see them down. And um, you you can actually see some of those smiling faces behind the masks. Hold. You mean to tell me? Hold on a second, Justin. When am I ever going to get to that point? in the world with our with our listeners out there where I get texts and messages when people are in the park. I, all I get is like accidental like you know how where you can charge somebody on, on IM or, or Apple or something like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all I get is like random like you owe me eight dollars or you owe me seven dollars. I never get any of that good stuff. Guys, when when am I gonna start getting inundated with that fun mail like the popular well, mic? Can I give you Scott <laughs> Zobel? <laughs> I thought about you know what I actually felt guilty we were picking on Scott so much for about a second and then he threw my picture up there on the draft and I was like game over dude (laughs) he he appreciates it he appreciates the love uh it's um yeah man there's been a lot of great pictures I'm it's so good to finally see the parks back open and finally see people getting down there I think more and more the weird part is it's kind of a snowball effect in the where one person goes and then another family goes and now all of a sudden you see like Lots of people are like, okay, I want to go too. Like, I, I missed it. I kind of had said in my head, I'm not going to do this this year. But then seeing all these pictures, they really want to, you know, try to get down there and have a good time. Do you, do you think? And look, I mean, why not? You know, why not go? Uh, well, the thing is, I, I really I foresee, and I'm not going to uh, be a, a Debbie Downer here, but um, I foresee Disney running into a problem where more and more people do come in if they open up those reservations. Because, look, it wasn't like, um, you know, there were some parts where the park was not 
empty. You know what I mean? Where it was full and to maintain mm-hmm. that social distancing. So I'm, I'm just curious on um, where that balance is going to be, where where are we going to have a jam-packed park, but yet where are we going to maintain, you know, the guidelines that they're trying to, you know, enforce on the social distancing, where it's going to be, um, where it's all going to just kind of flow. So that's going to be the next phase, I think, of um, frustration for uh, for uh, Disney. Well, look at this weekend. I mean, this weekend, parks are reaching capacity for the first time. Right. And that's, uh, you know, something that I don't think they really expected this year, mm-hmm. this early. So I think I think that's a positive sign for them. Um, and the way they've handled it is, is good. It's weird to hear Josh tomorrow come out and say that the pass reservation system's here to stay. I think that's kind of a, a, a weird thought that this early in this process that they would say, you know what, we're just going to keep this pass reservation system. Now, what do we see though? Do we see, you know, I was, we was talking about in the draft last night, we kind of already had the pass reservation system before in a weird roundabout way. Right, you you had to pay more money to be able to park hop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now, do we see you pay more money for the ability to park hop? Um, maybe you can reserve two two parks, uh, whereas if you do the one day pass, you can only do one. Um, but when did so, he say uh, that? Though I, I mean, I read that article this week, and it was actually yeah. said this week. See, that was really mm-hmm. I, I that was I really took a step back on that. I mean to. To especially when it comes to a monetary uh, business decision like that, to to throw that out there because what happens if next week um, the governor comes back and says, uh, you know what, we're lifting all restrictions, open up parks. The CDC yeah. comes back and says, let's just get back to normal. And and I mean, you know, for him to say that as a preemptive strike, I, I don't I don't know if that's a what what his reasoning was there. I I don't know. So I guess we'll see uh, what happens. I mean, he can always walk the comet back at any time. I guess so. Well. And if it wasn't Josh tomorrow, if it had been Chapik, I would have been like, oh, okay, it makes sense. But Josh tomorrow is such a – he loves his cast members. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he, he really does take take up for the cast members and, and I think has the park's best interest at heart. It's not always bottom line with him, and I like that. About, about I'm really hoping he will be president of Disney at some point um, coming up. I think he would be a great fit. So coming from him, it makes it a little more like, okay, there's got to be a good reason behind it. You know what I mean? Like if you you have those friends where you're like, okay, I don't really agree with what you're saying, but the fact that you're the one saying it, I will give you the reasonable doubt that you have a good reason to believe. Oh, that. and I know that his reasoning. Sense. It's, you know it's I mean? just it's for the yeah. uh, social distance guidelines. I mean, that's 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 got to be it because you can't regulate. You know, you can't regulate park hopping if you're going to maintain capacity of the of the crowds. I mean, I understand the logic up by it. I just didn't understand why the he was so quick to throw it out there and uh, get it out to the world when we don't know what the future is going to hold. You know, yeah. so well, look at those beautiful uh, gondolas behind you. I mean, what I mean, other than you know getting you from the resort to one park, I mean, they kind of lose the role with. I mean, it was been so easy before to park hop from Epcot to Hollywood Studios. Right. We've done it on the gondolas. Yeah. And not now, now not having that availability. Now we didn't park hop a lot. Uh, I don't know if you guys did. Oh, yes, a um, lot, a lot, a lot. Did you mm-hmm. see? We weren't big park hoppers. We would kind of go to our park. We would, you know, eat our dinner, do our fast passes, and that was kind of our evening. You know, we wouldn't go early and and jump from mm-hmm. park to park. Well, it's even while we were there a couple of weeks ago, uh, Magic Kingdom closes, you know, earlier and. Um, 
I was like, man, it should be nice to slip into uh, Epcot right now and have some coffee or have a drink or something. Right. And we couldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we couldn't. And it was kind yeah. of like, it was a bummer. But, uh, I mean, going down there, we knew we couldn't. But it's it's different to get into that mindset when you're down there because of the different um, rules and regulations and, and stuff trying to uh, make everything fit. But like I said, I mean, we knew what we were going, getting into when we went down there and we made the best out of it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where nothing's really going to be the same going forward because it gives Disney the perfect opportunity to push the reset button and to come up with new ideas and new ways of doing things anyways. So like, like I said, I mean, I love the max pass system. I think it's a great way to implement that. I think it's, I don't think we're ever going to see, um, I don't, you're never going to see photo pass photographers using people's personal cameras anymore. We talked about it's a that great, uh, on Patreon, yeah. by the way, which it's, yeah. you didn't make that on Patreon. Mike did. But, you know, we, we had a very detailed talk, and I just want to throw a, a Patreon plug out there because these are the conversations that we do have on Patreon or for our morning yeah. coffee talks or whatever. But, Justin, a big one, and I want your input here. The One of the big conversation pieces were buffets and character meet and greets. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty detailed conversation we mm-hmm. had there, you know, and, and ideas bouncing all over the place. I personally think Disney's going to um, use this as a – shift in policy to save them money as in get rid of buffets if you go home style only look at all the food that you save look at all the um you don't you don't need half the staff all you need is a wait staff and um your chef staff you don't need people in between on the floors i mean i really think buffets are going to be gone well buffets should be gone anyways i mean buffets if you really think about it are pretty disgusting (laughs) I mean, well, they don't, but they I'm don't have to be. They don't have to be, though. I mean, Chef Mickey is a great buffet. If if people would have a, a little bit of common courtesy, and and especially, and this is where I even said, where you know, keep your kids. I think there should be an age limit. I think if you're under the age of twelve, you shouldn't be at the buffet table grabbing food because it's not your kid that I'm talking to on the show. It's your neighbor's kid who doesn't wash his hands, who comes up and grabs the shrimp and throws it right back in the thing, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh well, we're on vacation, we're at Disney, whatever. No, it's not. It's not okay because you're going to give somebody E. coli that has an immune problem and they're going to end up really severely hurt because of it. So I don't know. I mean, do I agree with you to a point? Yeah, but man, I sure love the buffets. I wish the buffet option was there, but not where everybody had access to. Like here, they had where people were actually, uh, a wait staff was actually loading up your plate for you. Like you would just it's more of a cafeteria style, right? Right. I'm fine exactly. with that. And it, I like, and it was dude. Nice. I love K and W cafeteria. For those of you who know what K and W is, I love going there. You know, but I also know there's only certain people touching my food. Mm-hmm. I've never been real huge on Disney buffets, anyways. Um, for me, so if that goes, I'm like, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the photos, that's a weird thing too, man. If you really think about it, for the fact of you're handing, it's weird for not only the guests but also for the cast member whenever. You're handing someone a whether it be thirteen hundred dollars uh, iPhone right. or a three thousand dollar DSLR mm-hmm. or you know no matter what you're still handing over a piece of your property and now for the customer they're like oh I have I'm responsible for this piece right. of property um, I I I understand the premise of you know what we're on we're at Disney we're on a budget um, and you know we we just can't afford the photo pass for this for this trip. But I also think, man, you can't put a cast member in that situation here. So this allows Disney to get rid of that. I think for the few, I, I don't think it ever comes back. I think that's a new policy. We don't touch the 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 cameras. We don't touch you know iPhones. We don't do any of that. And it just it covers everybody on every single end is where you don't have to worry about it. Agreed, Mike. Yeah, 
Thoughts? Yeah, I was thinking buffet style. You know, something that they're kind of doing up here. What if you had individually wrapped food? Mm, okay. So I you see still have the going. same food out, but you have them in portion sizes or serving sizes. So you have the the individually wrapped pieces of meat. This way, you can take. I mean, obviously, there's more of a cost to that because now you have to individually wrap everything. But you know, if you didn't have the cast member there handing the food out cafeteria cafeteria while, you could also have things uh, prepackaged or individually wrapped. It also comes to a fact where. Cost savings. You know, you can if if you have a whole tray of it that hasn't been cooked or used yet, you could kind of put it on the side or whatever. I mean, just you know, food for thought. Do you all eat the buffets when you go down? Well, beer garden is one of the best buffets you can get down there. Yeah, you know what? I will take my. I'll walk my statement back right now because I do enjoy beer garden. Mm -hmm. Boom. But that's not a. Boma's good. Yeah. That's not a um, that's not a Chef Mickey feel though. You don't got a bunch of kids running around, running up to the food. You know, you don't got characters coming around. It's a different, it's a different atmosphere. But but it is still a buffet. I mean, Beer Garden's a great buffet. Can you imagine that a home style? I can't. I don't know. I kind of can. Think about um, some of the other home styles that you have around there. Think about if they just bought a platter that's out. Such a limited platter. Beer Garden's got so much variety up they there. They do have a huge variety. I mean, so for me to sit down and go like half the stuff on the menu, I have a pretty. I mean, I have a pretty good palate. Half the stuff on that menu, or half the stuff on the thing, you know, I probably would pass on. Like I don't want some, whatever. But my point is, is um, I, I can't see that going to a a home style. But eventually. I it, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. How's that? I've got to make it up for one of these uh, these coffee talks <laughs> that y'all have. Yeah, you do coffee talks. Coffee talks. Remember that yeah. on mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. Coffee Remember those? Yeah, oh, coffee it was a Mike Myers yeah. that did that. I think. Uh, <laughs> really, really good stuff. Um, hey guys, let's jump into tonight's topic because I, um, I want to spend some time on it because it's a um, it's a staple in the Magic Kingdom now and in Fantasyland. It uh, it is. Um, a must-do for a lot of families, um, but a lot of people have different opinions on this attraction. I think you get more people that go back and forth on this attraction than any of the other, let's say, staple attractions in the Magic Kingdom. Um, it's well-themed. Uh, it is fun, um, and we'll, let's, uh, let's let's dive in and talk everything that is the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Hi ho! Right in the middle of beautiful fantasy land as you walk up. So, guys, let me start with this. Um, the first time you wrote it, what was your first opinion of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train? Wow, that was quick. <laughs> that was that was my first impression. Um, I liked it. I I was I was very much. I love the ending where you had the animatronics, where it kind of took that slow path through, where you would kind of get to see that. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part of the ride. Uh, I expected more, but I was happy with the quality of what they put out, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Jay? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. I thought it was very short, very short. Um, I I was almost taken back to where I was like, what, what was the logic on making that super short? I mean, look, let's look at Slinky Dog. Could you imagine if yeah. they would have done Slinky Dog as short as they did that? I mean, it would be like, it would be no different than a Barnstormer in... Um, uh, you know, so my point is, is I was very taken back on how how short it was, because uh, th- I think they could have maybe, you know, I don't know, but 
here's my question for you before I, I go on to the next point is um, mm-hmm. you can't run the roller coasters over to crowds, right? Uh, you, I mean, you can. They Disney does not. Okay, because um, no no slinky dog goes over the crowds at no. all, right? It's all gated off. No, it's all contained. Okay, yeah. Actually, you know what? I take it back. Barnstormer does go over the crowd. So I mean, That's if it. you consider Barnstormer a roller coaster, yeah, you not only does it go over it, you walk directly under it whenever you're leaving. So the, uh, I, I was the just attraction. thinking they could have added at least another minute, minute and a half to it. You know, even if it was a slow uh, part, but whatever. Anyways, taking that taking that away. Um, I they the Imagineers did a great job with the the theming and uh, the immersion. You only really see outside of the park a little bit, right? So I was just like, yeah. wow! I was just I was really completely immersed. And uh, you know, you got to ride it a few times to see everything. I mean, really, when I say a few, I mean definitely more than two to see all the stuff that's jam packed in this little attraction. Well, let's take a let's take a trip back to 2013, 2014, and Disney really puts a huge emphasis on the marketing of not only the Magic Kingdom, but of Walt Disney World in particular on this attraction. Mm -hmm. If you remember when they were building this, that was all the commercials you saw was everything they were doing with the swinging buckets. And I mean, they, I think they even put out specials on ABC on Mm -hmm. the Imagineers and how they did it. And, you know, they were kind of going throughout the warehouse, you know, with the buckets moving and how much should they move and, and doing all that. Um, the expansion of new fantasy land, was I think a a gift to the Magic Kingdom. They had the space, they were able to to do it. I think they did a great job with it. But when it comes to this attraction and and the space they had, I almost think that they would have been better served doing a new dark ride instead of a roller coaster here. Okay. All right. So what do you think should have went in there then? I mean, you can do you can do a seven dwarfs attraction. I mean, when you think back, I mean, I mean, Mickey's Runaway Railway would have been a perfect it's fit there. Fantastic. I mean, it would have, oh well, it have been a perfect fit there because it would have been yeah. Mickey Mouse. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm all for dark rides. So, I'm if anybody wants to talk dark rides and, and speculations, I'm all for it. It's it's one of those things where I I the one key point that Seven Dwarfs Mine Train plays is it's a fantastic introduction to roller coasters for the family and small children mm-hmm. with only having a 38-inch height requirement. So that's a – it really is that perfect – if a kid is either scared or they're just now tall enough and they're just wanting to get into this, it is the perfect introduction for that. Now, I and also the story, I mean, in particular – Whenever you're coming through the queue and whenever you're going down into the mine and you're, you know, you get the classic song, you know, hi, ho, um, Disney did a fantastic job with representing Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in a very, very, very short, short attraction. I mean, they really did. They told a great story, even though it is an extremely short attraction. Mm-hmm. Knowing what, okay. The, um, I'll go, no, I'll go ahead. Uh, knowing go. what we know now, with the way, with obviously the way the the, the COVID's taken, some of the approaches to the rides and how we have the the queue system for rides before the before they even started, mm-hmm. do you think it would have been beneficial for them to add more ride area or square footage to the actual ride and do it do the first virtual ride system there for that particular ride? Yes, but did they have the technology then? That's my question. Like you're talking almost. It's, well, they, I mean, they, they did have almost something, they, well, eight years ago. They did ago. have at the same time the Dumbo ride. Well, but still at the same time where you get the pager and you come back. You know they could have done something similar mm-hmm. to that. 
Are you talking about just for the queue itself, like the yeah. virtual queue? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think that's where Disney's going in the future anyways. I think a virtual queue, as long as you're not a moron like me and you can get it, is uh, <laughs> is a great, great addition because now you're not – you know, you don't you don't standing there for an hour and a half with your family. You know, you can enjoy the park. You can walk around. You can you can, you know, take in more. And you know what you can do? You can spend a lot more money that's, if you're not standing in a well, line. The bottom line. Essentially, mm-hmm. what you're stating is Max Pass or in Disney World. Essentially, yes. I mean, a virtual queue. I mean, that's all it's going to turn out to be then. And who's going to? And it makes who's going to pay it, for it? It it makes it makes sense. Us three you know, dummies are. A hundred percent every you know, time. I mean, absolutely. every time. Yep. Every single time I'd go. Um, it are, are you a little shocked that it doesn't? It it is a fun attraction to walk around, but the Beast Castle plays the weenie for New Fantasyland. Mm-hmm. Are you a little surprised they didn't make this a little bigger, a little more in your face? Like, wow, look, there's Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Whenever you come in, no, I don't think so at all. I think they did great. I don't think they wanted that. I think they wanted you to actually enjoy Disney World for what it is and um, to uh, experience it on the inside, kind of like that little secret. You know, like okay, there's yep. an attraction. What goes on inside there? I mean, you notice you're not hearing any of the music. You're not hearing anything outside. Everything is all contained within the walls or in areas that you can't see. Um, I think I think that fits perfect where it's not drawing a lot of attention. I mean, the screams and hollers I think are enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I, I completely get. It. Now this attraction too, I think where they really got smart was the fact that you do, and you kind of mentioned this, where it is an indoor-outdoor mm-hmm. attraction. So I do like where you're emerging at certain points from the mine itself, um, and it has some great drops. I mean, it has some great... I think that on-ride photo mm-hmm. is maybe one of the best in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, some of my favorite pictures of all time with me and my, my family, are, especially with my boys, um, transitioning from, and I'm not excluding my wife. I mean, of course, there are great pictures with her, but their facial expressions are um, just gold. And she's they're just, uh, because you're capturing pure joy on a dad's face, like with me, just pure, I was just elated. It was just, and it was such a beautiful moment for, to go from that scared little boy to I'm having an incredible time. And you know what I mean? And I think, and one more yeah. ride photo that is um, mine that I get a chuckle at every time I see it is I was in a very deep conversation with my wife. Her and I were sitting next to each other and I was explaining something to her. And it was something that was extremely important too. Uh, of course, it couldn't have waited for the attraction, but the conversation started before. <laughs> and um, and it was monetary and it was like, um, there, there, it was like action needed to be taken right now. And we were talking, well, we got jerked over that first hill and it and it startled me and the picture is me like like this and my wife is just started that intense belly laugh because she was right she was laugh because it just got me because it's hard to get me you know what i mean it's it's like it's hard to scare me it's hard to startle me it got me and she lost it and it was just a perfect moment where i get a chuckle every time i see that picture uh so but good quality how about the video guys mm-hmm. yeah that little yeah. slow motion part where it goes across how cool is that and i think this was the first time and i might be wrong about this but i look remembering back i think this was the first time disney introduced that that video in the photo pass the tower of terror came after tower of terror came after okay. i believe yeah mm-hmm. i believe so 
Um, and I, I that's that's a cool like when you get and now you get them for for multiple things. Yeah. You know, like even just magic shots around around the parks, you could sometimes get those videos where uh, one of my favorites is the grave diggers during Halloween. You know, who will kind of come in on either side and and do that. Um, Mike, is this one? Is this a picture you guys you know? get ready for every time are you excited about it or is this like eh, just another on-ride photo uh, i have a i have one of those that was similar to jason's as a very cool on-ride photo i think it was from our very first trip uh not our first trip our first time on that ride that's the one that i have saved kind of in the uh the old family album uh, the other ones are kind of like yeah okay they, they, we kind of knew it was coming and the, the girls were conversating or sarah was taking selfies or something but uh the, the very first one i think is it was a surprise when it happened same thing similar situation to you jay that's the best one that i have out of that nice yeah i we love that i mean it was riley's really first roller coaster uh was that and i think that's like i said i think that's a that's a huge step for any disney family whenever you finally get to get to get the little ones on these roller coasters and it's safe it's fun um i want to talk a little bit about before we go through the ride because that won't take very long i want to talk about the uh the ride vehicle itself Mm -hmm. you know the idea of the carved out um, wood uh, mine cars, mine trains that, that you ride. Uh, Disney introduces for the first time the swinging ride ride vehicle. Do you think that? Do, okay, now that you've ridden it many many times, does that? Do you think that plays as big a role as what Disney expected it might, or do you think, eh, maybe it could have swung a little more? Maybe it could have done that. I think it could have. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's. If, I mean, if that was a selling point for the ride, I, I find it underwhelming. But it, I mean, it's neat. I, it's a nice engineering. I mean, maybe that'll plant seeds for future attractions on uh, some swinging action. But uh, yeah, I like you said there was uh, some specials. You know, talking about with ABC and uh, the Imagineers and the amount of swing and and let's get that like that free swinging kind of. Uh, and, and I'm like, you know, you really don't swing that much. <laughs> no, you don't. You really don't. I mean, in fact, you could probably weld them, and I probably wouldn't have noticed the difference. The only time I notice them is at the very end when he comes yes, sliding in, yes, and you're just kind of yeah. rocking like a little kid, you know? So yep. that's it. And it kind of got, we'll go through the attraction, but it kind of gets to your point that maybe the best part of this attraction is the end of the attraction. And that's a that's a big statement with anything that's supposed to be a roller coaster at, at Disney. Uh, but guys, let's let's jump on. Um, now for the queue, I I have actually never waited in this queue. I've always fast passed this. Um, I've never waited uh, for any longer than maybe 15 minutes. Um, I've, I've done it really late at night during parties and stuff like that when the wait's been shorter. Have you guys ever done this entire queue? Waited long time for it? I've always done the fast pass. I've never done it without now, where do you list it on your fast pass needs for Magic Kingdom? Is it at every, every trip it's thing? It's every or trip thing, just... and I think that has something to do with the fact that the that the wait for that is so long, and that the ride itself is so quick. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's one of those Magic Kingdom attractions you feel like you kind of have to do. You know, Laura's not a roller coaster person, so she's going to sit out Space Mountain, and she's going to sit out uh, Thunder Mountain, and believe it or not, she gets a bad back from Splash. So that kind of takes her out of the equation for a lot of our rides. So we'll tend to make sure that she gets to go on that because uh, it, it's a like I said, it's a, a nice calm thrilling roller coaster if you could put it that way that's a long that's a long queue man i mean those it's a that, long queue I, it is I, and to answer your question is no we've always fast passed it and um you know and, 
when you look at uh, Disney and how it, and even now, man, it's not, it's, it, look, it's a very visually aesthetic ride. It's very pleasing. It's very photogenic. So there's some incredible, incredible um, advertisements out there with the Seven Dwarves, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm a first-time Disney person, this is going to have to be an absolute must when I go to Disney because this is all I see all over the commercials and everything else, especially when they were ramping this up, right? So you get there and you're like, you get on it and you're done and you're kicked off and they're like, well, wait a minute, where's the rest of the roller coaster? <laughs> That's it. Um, or uh, you wait an hour, hour and a half for that little short, you know what I mean? That little short ride. Um, but it, it is a long queue. There's those uh, switchbacks. Man, that's like the size of Magic Kingdom's parking lot. And when you get them, when you get them full, and of course I'm exaggerating, but man, that thing packs in a lot of people. And this goes back to your virtual queue discussions that we keep having. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people walking around the park that aren't sitting in a queue. So all these virtual queues are going to be freeing up all these little things. Where are these people going to go? Yeah, I know we say the shops, but man, if we go 100% virtual queue, I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking the, the kingdom's going to be a little bit more crowded, at least that we're used to, even though it might be the same amount of people. The the thing about this is we talk about how short it is. So this attraction is listed as a 2 minute and 50 second attraction. Okay. I don't know if that includes <laughs> loading time and uh, uh, the time you get off and maybe the time you pack your stuff up and the time you have to get your churro across the across the way. You know, I, I don't know, but... Um, that two minutes and fifty seconds. Let's uh, let's jump into the attraction a little bit. Um, I will say this: I I've kind of uh, I I've been a little hard on this attraction, but uh, for me, if you're a first time Disney person, you need to do it. I mean, it, it's a must do because it is a beautiful attraction. It's it's everything about it is fun. It makes you smile, and I think that's what it's really meant to be. You know, it's not supposed to be tron you know what i mean when tron gets here it's not supposed to be guardians when guardians gets here where it's like thrilling and and you know winds blowing through your hair jay you wouldn't know what it's like and uh all that stuff but uh but yeah man i i you get on you you go down and uh i think the first really visually appealing thing you come through is the coming through the mine itself um the audio animatronics were the birth of, I think, the future of audio animatronics at Disney. I think that's the first time we saw, like, the projection and the... If you look at the fluidity of the way those those audio animatronics move, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. I remember the first time I saw it and the diamonds shining in the rocks and just when they broke into song, it's beautiful, man. It is really, really nice. And then you look what they've done with other attractions like Frozen and then going into Galaxy's Edge, you know, with with I haven't ridden Rise yet, but uh but also um Smuggler's Run, you know. And now Mickey and Minnie's is a per, is a step above that. And I think this was kind of that tipping point to all right, we got these brand new audio animatronics, we're bringing them to life and now this is the new bar that we've set the bar here. And now we can't go below this because it, it really was. That was the first time I went through, and I was like, "Wow, that was amazing." The I'm a treasure hound. There's no, I mean, ever since I was a ever since I was a child, it was always the uh, the diamonds and the gold and the uh, the lure of the adventure. Uh, the Snow White, the Seven Dwarves were always huge 
favorites of mine because they had this secret little gem mine that they had. And for mm-hmm. me to finally be able to go through this gem mine and see all these gems everywhere, uh, the way they, they lit them up and, and how they sparkled, uh, what a what an incredible experience for me. And how about that um, that that sound system in there when they start singing, how it echoes yeah. in the cave. It's so deep and it's, it's crystal clear and it's that... Uh, you know, it almost makes you want to bust out and sing now, you know, and it's like, oh, I mean, how do you not sing? Let me ask you, do you sing it when you're in there? Of course I do. Mike, yeah, you have I to. hum a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> no, you definitely have to sing it. It's, it's just, it's, it's such an iconic song when you talk about different Disney songs that are just like, all right, everyone knows that song. Everyone yeah. knows that song. I mean, when you look back. It comes from a uh, a movie that's you know what now going on close to ninety years old, you know something like that. I mean, it's it's really unbelievable that this movie has gone from generation to generation to generation, and now we see it in attraction. Um, you know, we've seen other things in the parks, um, and, and we kind of talked about the hill and the, the drop and and the uh, the the uh, picture that you had, but. You used to have Snow White's Scary Adventure, right? Um, I want to talk a little bit about the very end scene because we've said that it may be the best part of this entire attraction is the end scene. Now, a, a couple of those audio animatronics were actually rescued and repurposed to do that end scene there. Um, you get um, Doc, happy, sleepy, grumpy, and bashful, and they're all you know doing their yodel and singing and are dancing and Snow White's dancing. Um for me, I wish I sat there longer. I, I wish that you could almost, you know, and you, you get the you get the uh, the the witch, you know, there outside the outside the uh, uh, the door peeking in, you know, with her apple, like ready to get Snow White. So for me, that's that's one of my favorite things. Like you said, Jay, that's the only time I feel the thing rocking. I'm like, I get to the end, it's going, ooh, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, here we go, all right, I'm swaying. That witch uh, in the door is, and the thing is, you have to turn your head to see her. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I even noticed her the first time, right? Uh, it was always fun when I would ride with Bennett, my youngest one. He is very literal on everything he does. Every, there's, it's black and white. The world is black and white. There is no gray. And we would sit there and I'd say, hey, man, she's looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's giving you the stink eye, man. Look at She's looking right at you. And, oh, I would have fun with that. Uh, and then my oldest one were... It's like, I think she's got something for you there, pal. Look at that. No, she doesn't. I'm going to give her our phone number so she can call you. I did have fun with that. I mean, th- those are the fun dad thing, dad games that I like to play. And um, what a, what a, uh, you know, first of all, would you not just love to have lunch there? Didn't they do oh, a great job? Yeah. I mean, what, that, that, that cabin, can they, can you imagine walking in that or walking up to that and then in a German forest or even, you know, the, the Colorado Hills and like, wow, this is a super neat cabin. How cool is this? They did a great job. Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely perfect. I mean, um, like Mike, do you do you make sure to take the time to look in there and check out all the audio animatronics? That's my favorite or? part of the ride. You know, the end scene, like uh, like a lot of us are, and uh, I try and get every little detail as we're going through. Uh, I know we've all gotten stuck on rides before, and I'm hoping that someday I'll get stuck in that position where I can really take it in and, and get every detail kind of uh, mental noted. How cool would it be to do an after hours event to where you could do like a dessert party? 
within there. Of course, who knows what it looks like on the floor? You know right. what I mean? Like right. yeah, all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. You know, I haven't had the luxury of being in there. Um, I, I do want to go back in time, though. Uh, Jay, before before you found Disney, um, there was an iconic attraction that's set in the spot. Okay. Um, something that was really, really uh, beloved by people, and you could still find it in Disneyland, although in a new form. Uh, with Nemo, and I'm talking about 20,000 Leagues Under the That's, Sea. That was the there? That That's was where that spot was? That was there. Okay. Yeah, yep. All right. Yep, so uh, they, they put a, a couple other things in there. They had um, Pooh's Playful Spot, and they had Ariel's Grotto um, that sat there for a while but uh, before Seven Dwarfs. But before all of that um, was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And for me, this was Disney. You know, Disney at one point uh, owned one of the largest submarine fleets in the world. I mean, it was really an iconic, iconic thing. And uh, I, I, it's weird. I remember it, but I don't have specific memories of it. But, Mike, I know you do. We had talked a little yeah, bit about surprisingly, it. Yeah, uh, surprisingly, out of my childhood memory, this ride and Figment were the two things that stand out the most when I talk about my childhood going to uh, Disney World. And um, I, I enjoyed this ride a lot. And I don't know if it was my sense of adventure or just the age that I was in or if I was really being fooled, if I really thought we were diving deep. You know, I, I, I'm trying to think maybe I was seven or eight years old when I first rode this ride. And uh, maybe I actually thought that we were going that deep down in the submarine. And obviously it was the old done with the bubble machine and, and whatnot. But, um, but it was cool. It was one of those things where it was one of those rides that was, for me taking you out of the normal it wasn't a roller coaster it wasn't a you know like a bumper car type ride this is something where you had to let your imagination escape and that's what i really liked about that it's probably what stuck out to me the most the Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea and of course you know captain nemo was your uh, was your undersea uh, captain yeah. um i do want to tell you when they did scrap the ride Jay, I believe you've seen some of the original ride vehicles that were still there. I mean, we know we've seen them on the Backlot Studio Tour when that was there, but do you know where the other okay. two submarines are? Oh, this is a trivia question, and we all know how I am with trivia. I'm going to say no just for the well, sake of time, arguments, and making myself look I'm foolish. almost positive you've seen them because two <laughs> of the rides, the Nautilus submarines, are now at Castaway yeah. Cay, and they are sub, they are sunken, and they are on the snorkeling oh. area. So if you get a chance to go to Castaway, anyone listen to the podcast, and you go out to snorkel, you can go out there and see the original two ride vehicles that were part of the Nautilus. That were part of the uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see them. I didn't see them when we snorkeled. Yeah, the uh, yeah. The I, I wish the, I would have. The the cool part too, man, is look. You get this is that was Walt Disney to a T. Now, because like I said, you still have this in Disneyland. If you go now, it is Nemo based. Um, it's very very. It's a cool 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 thing to go through. Now, think picture this: we go from a twenty minute adventure under the sea to a two minute and fifty second. You know, adventure through the mines with the seven dwarfs. It's brilliant. Um, it's a people yeah, leader. I, it gets people it, in and out. Dude, twenty minutes you could go through this. Um, I've done the one in Disneyland, and I it's just neat, man. When you get down in there, and like you said, you go, you know, through the waterfall, and you see all the sea life, and you see Nemo and all that. But even before then, when you would see the mermaids and and all that fun stuff, just a really really cool adventure. Now, minutes. Mike, I'll. Oh yeah, twenty minutes. I want to ask you this: um, Which one would you prefer to be there? You have to take one. You can still have twenty thousand leagues under the sea, or you can have the new seven. Dwarfs I think mine the seven dwarfs mine train is a much better fit for Fantasyland. I think that would stay. I mean, twenty thousand leagues is kind of dated. Mm -hmm. It doesn't 
transition well to the to the generations of today. I think fantasy land, the types of rides you have in that area, and like you said, a family style roller coaster. A lot of a first time roller coasters for young kids. I think it's a perfect fit. With uh, I, I do miss Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, but I think that would be better put somewhere else. I think that that's an actual great spot for the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Oh, I completely agree. It's it would be hard to get this generation to understand 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, I think, because it was dated and it closed mm-hmm. in 1994. It was dated in 94. So just picture what it would be like now, you know, for it to be one of those things where you're still trying to understand it and uh, and you know ride it and get the kids excited about it. I like it when you smell the exhaust <laughs> fumes and stuff like that. Though you know, whenever you're getting on, it's like woo. That's why Mike liked it so much. He's like, I'm in the yeah. garage. This is gonna be great. You know, it's uh, it's definitely a cool. You know what it reminds me of, Jay, is driving the cars. You know, okay. like the Autopia in Disneyland or the Tomorrowland Speedway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things where you're like, it's it's a throwback to you know the past and it's a throwback to Walt Disney imagining these attractions that, that stayed around for a long long time but with all great things change comes you know Walt always said that the park will never be completed and uh and there will always be change so this is uh this is what we got i i really enjoy it guys uh um before we head over to one of our favorite things every week give me your final thoughts on on this on this attraction we love now we ride it all the time uh the great um seven dwarfs mine train uh- I'm, uh, you know, I'm a huge guy when it comes to nostalgia, so I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't get to experience Twenty Thousand Leagues because that really sounds like something right up my alley. I will say this: um, I think the Imagineers, me personally, in my opinion, they did an incredible job with, um, with the Seven Dwarves. They, they transported me. It's uh, mysterious, yet it's an adventure. It's fun. It's I'm so close to treasure. I can taste it, but yet I'm I'm just a dr- I'm just having this dream of, of being involved with all this. Um, and that ending is is over the top, man. It's uh, I really feel like I'm there. Where it's like I really want to jump out of the vehicle and 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 just just go peek in the window and 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 experience it. So uh, you know, look, Imagineers did an incredible job with it, and uh, it's definitely a must do for anybody when you go to magic kingdom yeah with the space they had i think they knocked it out of the park i really do i think to put a roller coaster in that space and to be able to tell the story as well as they did i think they did a really really nice job i do wish it was longer but i understand the restraints they had with the space they had and so i uh, i completely get it for me it's a it's a not a must do every time because we don't typically fast pass it because we fast pass the mountains space splash big thunder um, but if the queue's less than 30, we will, uh, we'll wait. I mean, we'll, we'll get in there, uh, and, and try to experience it every single time. So for me, kudos to the Disney Imagineers, because I really think they, they did a really, really nice job with this. And like I said, they not only did a nice job, but they set us up for the future of audio animatronics. So for me, it's, it's a big hit. Mike, uh, like you said, I would say must do for a first timer. If you haven't done it, make sure you get to do it. Uh, and it's a new ride that's quickly become an instant classic i mean it's going to be in fantasy land it's a great place for it and it's a it's a 
it's a something that's going to be there for a very long time. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about one of the great things from that ride is that amazing fast pass, the amazing picture you get uh, when you're on that ride. Jay, you have some amazing pictures. We've seen those amazing pictures on our Facebook page, and that brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for us to get our Picks of the Week. All right, guys, my favorite thing every week, pick of the week. Uh, Justin, tell me, what is your pick of the week? Thanks, buddy. I'm going to go with John Nettles Jr. He posted a throwback um, from May 1995, and uh, it's from Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. And uh, has some pictures with characters Goofy and uh, and Pluto, and everybody looks similar. But I love, man, I wish I had a picture with Colonial Mickey and Minnie and, uh, and Chip and Dale. It was just so, so cool. I love throwback pictures of people in the parks you know 20 30 years ago i think that's that's just an amazing thing to have and uh something that you know you'll cherish forever make sure to print those put them up on your walls because those are those are absolutely awesome thanks for sharing man appreciate it john very cool jay what do you got for me buddy i cannot have an episode and not thank our good friend seth dawson for sneaking down with his wife and having a anniversary weekend at uh at Disney World, uh, he posted some great pictures, took us along for the ride, threw some stuff in the, the Facebook group that was fun for a lot of people. And, uh, I mean, there was a lot of firsts. He did his first airplane ride, and, you know, he had a lot of insight. And uh, I just want to say thank you um, for posting those pictures. It was a great, great time. And thank you for uh, uh, being in charge of our um, our gaming group as well. So throw that little plug in there yeah yeah people have not gone and joined that go over and join the disney house podcast gaming page uh man they're they're just having a blast over there i mean they're they are all getting together people are making friends and uh hanging out and, and winning and fun. i'm intimidated winning. to go play Something we don't do no, we don't do that no, we don't like, know what that's like i'm getting ready to throw the challenge out there like those guys against us three and let's well, let the better man win that's why I don't want to play with them because I'm going to look terrible. You know what I mean? It's almost like when you say, oh, I'm a great golfer, and then you actually go out with people, and you're like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. <laughs> hey, look, we uh, never claim to be good, man, so it will be all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike, how about you, buddy? Uh, my pick of the week goes to our dear friend Robin Allen, and do, she's doing what we do. We preach every week, keeping it Disney, and they got a little Disney flair, and they're out doing some apple picking. They might not be down in the parks, but they're keeping it Disney, and they're staying local and doing some apple picking. Very cool, Robin. Great pick and you have my pick of the week that is so cool man i absolutely love it people are getting out and about enjoying that family time it's uh it's great um i i'm gonna jump on real quick and say if you haven't joined the i'll do it every week haven't joined the disney Dads podcast facebook page make sure to head over there disney Dads podcast family on facebook um so we got all these amazing pictures stories and we get to meet and ha- uh, interact with everyone um, I got to say a huge shout out and thank you to our uh, our great buddy Dan Rossi who organized the football um, league this year. We had a blast last night wow. with the draft. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, I got to appreciate him for setting that up. I had a really really good time hanging out with you guys and uh, and chatting. Uh, di- man, we talked a lot of Disney. And thank you to Kevin Kessler for taking some time and coming out and uh, and chatting with us too. Um, and then uh, also, if you have missed any shows, you can find our shows everywhere you find your podcast uh uh itunes uh all those great places and also send us an email if you want to hear a uh, anything about a certain topic or you have a question you can email us at disney dads podcast at gmail.com and last but not least if you want to hear your voice the kids voices on a future upcoming episode 
give us a call, 317-WDW-DADS, 317-939-3237. And while you have your phone in your hand, head over to iTunes, slap us five stars, give us that virtual hug, leave us a nice little note if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the fact that we're trying to build a positive Disney community where everybody can come and share that Disney love. So thank you all so, so much, fellas. I have enjoyed tonight. It's always fun to talk some Disney with you all. It's always a break in my week that I really look forward to um, every single time. And this Disney community gets better and better every week with their posts, their motivation, and all that. So, guys, I am going to leave it for me from here. Uh, fellas, close us up, and let's take it over and uh, chat with our patron a little bit. The uh, Mike, let me let me get mm-hmm. last words. You can close up the show, um, if you don't mind. Um, I, I want to say that the aspect of time, you, you went back and you, you – through some love to uh, Dan Rossi, and I understand the value of time, and I understand the value of, of your time that's listening, where, um, you know, we, we appreciate being able to um, visit with you guys for an hour, hour and 15 minutes every week, um, and, and if, I mean, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be, well, actually, we would still do it, we would just be uh, just, just be us. yeah, it would just be us. So <laughs> like is. normal. So we're just allowing you. I mean, we're allowing you guys to come in and take a peek at what we actually talk about a lot of the times. Uh, but going back to the value of time, um, I, I want to stress uh, with Dan Rossi taking the time, his time, taking time away from his family to put this together for for the league. Um, this is what's cool about it is every single person that belongs to that understands that and appreciates it. So, um, you know, so Dan, I, I want to drive that home on thank you for, uh, for, you know, taking your time away to uh, make it happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mike? Very much. Yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about the uh, mind train tonight. It brought me back to some fond memories with the family and the kids doing that for the first time. You know, that's something, it's a ride that I saw get built, you know, from trip to trip to trip. And uh, it was nice to see it come to fruition and nice to ride it with the family. And I know a lot of our Disney family have had great memories on that ride. And I hope we brought you down memory lane a little bit this week, especially if you guys that can't make it to the parks. So uh, with that being said, Patreon show. Justin, got an idea we're going to talk about tonight? I, I know what I, yeah. I, I want to bring up. And I'll just give a little bit. Yeah, of I'll, yeah, I, I definitely will chat. Definitely will chat a little bit about uh, my injury that I had earlier, right before we got on. Uh, but also want to chat some Disney news with our Disney patrons. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Until next time, we will see you real soon. Have a good night. Bye. Good night. Have a good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you, and remember, always keep it Disney. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the one. That's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.